It is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Hello, my name is Scott Swanstrom, and I am the host of Mind Redefined. And I just want to thank you for joining us in this journey in lifting the stigma around mental health. If there is any question about our agenda at Mind Redefined, let me clarify it for you. We want to make the world a more human place to live. I want to help you make the most out of listening to this podcast. We are covering a variety of topics with a diverse roster of interviewees. Some of the topics may inspire you. Some may even infuriate you. Your time is only wasted if you choose not to learn one new thing from each conversation. You see, when a new idea is introduced and it seems really mysterious to us, we can have a variety of responses. We may attack that idea. We may embrace that idea, or we simply might ignore it and not feel like it pertains to any of us. So whether we're talking about mental health in general, or we're talking about the faith community, or we're talking about veterans, or we're even talking about racial stress and trauma, we have to understand that starting to make the world a more human place to live begins with me. So I invite you to open your hearts open your minds, and help me in making this world a better place to live. Thank you. Greetings. I am your host, Scott Swanstrom, and this is Mind Redefined, Lifting the Stigma Around Mental Health. And we have a really important conversation today in regards to mental health awareness and cultural humility. And I have a very special guest. Her name is Selena Webster Bass. She is the founder and CEO of the Voices Institute. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be a part. I am very excited about this very timely conversation that we get to have today. As normal, we have our introductory question. Selena, what is one thing that you're celebrating today? So, Scott, it is Good Friday, and so I'm, I'm celebrating my faith. You know, I recently came through a hospitalization with COVID-19, and I'm in recovery, and so I am grateful for the gift of life. So that's what I'm celebrating today. Fantastic. And just a testament to your resiliency, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that. So tell us a little bit about Voices Institute, your role there, and what are some of the projects that you're working on? Absolutely. So Voices Institute is a health education a research and consulting group, and we are focused on advancing health equity and improving well-being in communities, organizations, and systems. And so we have lots going on in terms of working with systems partners. We're working with Baptist Health in coordinating a webinar series on mental health in a Black community. And so that series will address mental health stigma, cultural health beliefs, provider bias, and other issues that are relevant, particularly during this time of COVID-19. Some other projects, uh, we're conducting some youth sessions. We don't want to forget about our young people and everything that they're experiencing in navigating um, COVID-19 interruptions in their schooling. Some students are online and lots of screen time, so they need help, too, managing their stress and helping them develop coping strategies in managing uh, COVID-19, as well as some of the racial stress and trauma that we are experiencing in our nation today. Selena, could you tell me a little bit about what cultural humility is? 
Absolutely, Scott. So cultural humility is an approach to working with youth and families. It's impossible for us to know everything there is about a particular cultural group. And so cultural humility is a lifelong process of self-critique, of self-reflection, thinking about our core values and our belief systems and what are the roots of, of, of those belief systems. And so there are basically three principles of cultural humility. The first one is lifelong learner and self-reflection. The second one is fixing power imbalances, which means that, yes, the provider or the healthcare professional has um, expertise, but the youth and family also have expertise in their own lived experiences as well. So it's about a partnership between the provider and the youth and family that's being served. And then the final principle is institutional accountability, which means that we're engaging with multicultural communities and we are intentional and deliberate about providing services that are the best quality of care and that are addressing the needs of the populations being served. And if I could add just a little more there, uh, cultural humility is, it's a, a stance of being open, right? So it's understanding your own cultural reality, but also understand the cultural realities of others. So it's the spirit of inquiry. It's a willingness to learn. And it's important that we, you know, understand that cultural humility is not just focused on the present, but the historical as well, understanding how history impacts the way that individuals may seek healthcare services, the way they they may perceive providers. And so it's important that providers are aware so that, you know, we can build a better, a better future for the families that we're working with. So who coined the term of cultural humility? That's something that's sort of new to our language. And we're just now starting to hear a little bit more about it in a lot of different circles. So can you give me a little history behind that term? Absolutely. So in the academic world, there is this controversy between the terms cultural competence versus cultural humility. And so cultural competence is the ability to communicate effectively across differences. And there's this perception that if you're competent, that there's an endpoint. So cultural humility conveys the idea that learning about different cultures is a journey, not a destination. And so the, the term was actually coined by two health professionals in 1998, um, a public health physician, Dr. Turvalon, and then a health educator, clinic administrator, uh, Jane Murray Garcia. And so as they were working with physicians, they noticed that providers would think that they knew everything about the patients that they were interacting with. And, and they would have these aha moments that, no, you know, that's not true for all uh, African-American people or all Hispanic people or even uh, interdiversity within uh, European-American communities as well. So they coined this term to encourage providers to be more humble and to, to seek first to understand rather than to be understood in terms of working with, with families effectively. How is cultural humility demonstrated in practice within behavioral health and health organizations? So I like to use this acronym called ASSESS, and it's an easy way of sort of remembering uh, ways to practice cultural humility. And so the first one is ask questions in an humble and safe manner when we're working with uh, youth and families. And so that means that we have to elicit information. We can't make assumptions or, you know, allow our biases to blind us in terms who, of who the family represents and what's important to that family. The S is for seeking self-awareness, so really understanding 
understanding, you know, why is it that I view this family in this way? Or where did these belief systems come from? What are the influences such as our childhood experiences or even the media may influence the way that we perceive certain groups? So seeking that self-awareness. The other S is for suspending judgment. So again, we want to have that spirit of inquiry and curiosity and understanding people who may see the world differently than us. And the E is for express kindness and compassion. S is for support, a safe and welcoming environment. And then the last S is for starting where the patient is at. So, you know, really meeting the patient where they are in terms of their belief systems and their lived experiences. So how would you provide hope to someone who is struggling with mental health distress? This is such an important question. You know, I think that one of the messages that is so important is that we must convey that recovery is possible and that there is power in connection. And when I say connection, I'm talking about connection in terms of connecting with resources in the community, with culturally responsive providers, you know, connecting with other people who can support you in your in your journey and your in your crisis and sometimes that requires creating your own village you know it may include family it may include fictive kin it may include your faith community but finding a village you know to connect with to support you during distressful times and then cultivating coping skills so practicing mindfulness and meditation prayer, journaling, exercising, you know, taking care of our bodies, our minds and our spirits and our souls. That's very important uh, in terms of supporting people with mental health challenges. We really appreciate on this podcast the concept of holistic health and the approach to a person who is more complicated than any one just aspect of that individual. And so addressing all of those health needs, uh, mental health, physical health, and the like. So thank you for sharing that. So if someone wanted to learn a little bit more about the services and resources that are available, where would they find more information? Right. So they can visit my website at voicesinst.org. That stands for Voices Institute, as well as, you know, SAMHSA.gov. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration has lots of resources across diverse populations. That's SAMHSA, S-A-M-H-S-A.gov. And then also, if you want more information, if you're a provider around cultural humility, uh, there's one article that I recommend. It's called Cultural Humility Versus Cultural Competence moving beyond the debate. So those are some resources around cultural humility and also for individuals that may be experiencing mental health challenges. Excellent. And for those who are listening, uh, you can follow us on Facebook and reach out and we can give you some of those resources as well to help in regards to that conversation about cultural humility versus cultural competence. Selena, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure. 